0: My name is Sarah Fennell, and since 2009, I have been on a rocket ship of personal growth and life mastery. From quitting my career as a dental hygienist and launching an online business, to becoming an international fitness and magazine cover model, to finding the love of my life, my twin flame, and building a business together, to dealing with chronic illness and suffering from breast implant illness, along with managing bipolar disorder. It has not been easy. I've been in a cycle of losing myself and finding myself for over a decade, but I've come to understand that this is life. I am never afraid to give up the good, to go for great, and constantly reinvent myself to have an extraordinary life. I am a seeker, and I invite you on a journey with me to become the best version of yourself to live your best life. This is The Fulfillment Project Podcast. Holy cannoli, 2020 is about to come to an end. Did you think that maybe it was never going to end? (laughs) It's definitely been a, a year of a roller coaster of emotions, right? And I was sitting back the other day and I was reflecting on this year and, you know, a lot of joy and pride came over me because I realized that I've helped 340 coaches keep and restructure or pivot their businesses this year, and to be able to work with that many people and and help that many people, um, oh my goodness, it just fills me up with so much joy. And that doesn't even include the couple hundred people that were at our summit, the Canadian Fitness Business Summit. And working with this these many people, you know, within our programs and our private and our mastermind and everything like that. I've noticed some some trends, and you know, there's been confusion. There's been overwhelmed. There's been wondering what the new normal new normal is, and like what I said, you know, just the roller coaster of emotions this takes on a business owner. And and I get it. And while most people have gotten themselves to a great point, you know, we're stable, we got our feet on the ground again. There's a common question that's coming up, which is, you know, what's next, and, and where do I really start? Like I've got myself afloat, I've got my feet back on the ground, but like, what's next, Sarah? And this is why Joe and I are are hosting MIP twenty twenty-one. You know, Mission I'm Possible. It is a six-week business and you boot camp. It's starting November thirtieth. And this boot camp is ideal for anyone who is looking to really audit their life and identify the holes, you know, in their business and themselves. From the business perspective, we're going to look at your offers and your services, your marketing, your sales, your brand, your client experiences, your processes, your systems, your business financials. For yourself, we're going to look at you know uh, clarity on your health, your family and relationships, your social life, your spirituality or religion, along with your personal finances. And with this in-depth audit, it's really going to highlight where you're passing with flying colors and straight A's, and then where maybe you're falling short or barely making the grade with these areas of your life. And what this audit will do is will help us determine what your biggest leaks and your bottlenecks are that are holding you back in business and life. And what better way to do this audit, right, than near the end of 2020 going into 2021? After we audit, what we're going to do is we're going to gather some intel and your performance habits. And you know, we want to maximize performance habits. And it, it is really the only way that you're able to create long-lasting change in your business for that next level of you. So we're gonna look at, you know, where you're spending your time and what those habits are. Your finances, you know, where your business is making money, spending money, saving money, and what those money habits are. And along with your energy, you know, like your internal battery, where it gets trained, where it gets drained, how you charge it up, you know, and how you keep it high on a weekly and daily basis. After that, we're going to help you understand what capacity and business setup is. And here's the thing. We see so many people time and time again, business owners, coaches, who have a business model and an offer structure that does not work for their income goals. You know, we ask you how many hours you want to work a week and and what do you want to do within those hours? How many hours you want to be coaching? How many hours you want to be marketing? And the hours don't add up for what they're charging, how their business is structured and how much money they want to make. So essentially, they're running on a hamster wheel, not even in the right direction as to where they want their business to go. After that, we're going to capitalize on current opportunities. So where are you leaving money on the table right now? does your lowest hanging fruit so that we can have an income boost before we finish 2020? Then we're going to plug leaks in your business practices, you know, like no more scattered action, no more band-aid in your business. And then finally, we're going to end these six six weeks by planning your first 90 days of 2021. And what we're going to do is we're going to take your top 10 goals for 2021, and we're going to narrow those goals down to three main focuses for your Q1, the first quarter of 2021. And when we know what those three main focuses are, then we can create a really detailed and tangible monthly and weekly action steps for your first 90 days so that you are going into 2021 crystal, crystal clear, moving in the right direction with our support and guidance all along the way. So if this sounds like something that you want to get in on, it's something that you want to lock arms with so that we're starting 2021 on a, on a fresh note, focused on the future and no more scrambling, trying to keep our feet on the ground. I want you to go to myfulfillmentproject.com, uh, fill in an application. Let's have a call and see if this is for you. We have various different ways that you can work with us. You can just get the course, you can do some group stuff, or we can do some private stuff. Depending on your budget and how much support you want through this, we have uh, three different options for you. So go to my myfulfillmentproject.com. You'll see full details and application, and let's have a conversation. All right, welcome back to the show. I have a treat for you. I have my bestie, Emma, sitting here with me.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: We're uh, sitting here on Emma's couch, and uh, we said we're drinking tea.
1: It's tea time with Emma Emma and
0: and Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Full disclosure, we don't know how this conversation is going to go, but we thought we would hit record and have a chat about, so Emma and I have been friends for,
1: I think we're going on three years? In
0: December, yeah. Yeah, We met three years ago. Oh
1: my my god. God. (laughs) Aww. Um,
0: So we want to talk about that and just like the evolution. First off, I'm so proud of your growth. Oh, thank you. Um, And finding a friend who I can like jam with on so many levels. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And just talking about like women in business, you and I have both like, Grounded so much, like we go. Emma introduced me to the therapist that I also see. That's right, and we were both labeled responsible workaholics <laughs> I mean, if
1: you're going to be ra- labeled anything, I feel like that's a pretty good label. Yeah. It's like, I'm a responsible workaholic. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have issues shutting off and just enjoying life. Yeah. Um, and I think both of us have really changed that around this year. Yeah, we have, at least we're not
1: irresponsible workaholics. Right. Right.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: responsible. But you also got the creative daydreamer and I got the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'm brilliant, over- brilliant, brilliant. Skeptic. Brilliant skeptic. Yeah, that one. Like, yeah. That one sounds good too. <laughs>
0: no, it just means you overthink. <laughs> yeah, and me, I'm off in La La Land. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're
0: a really good match. Yeah. <laughs> so let's lead the conversation off with just letting the audience know who you are, what you do. Um, if they follow me on Insta, they've probably seen all my branding photos, which you do because you're fantastic.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I've had kind of a funny journey and it's always like interest, I guess, interesting talking about it because it just sounds so bananas. And had you asked me like in high school, whether I'd be running a photography business full time, I would think you'd be crazy. You're about to hear Sarah pour some liquid. This is not (laughs) either one of us peeing. (laughs) It is tea time with Emma and Sarah. But anyway, so I went to university for molecular biology. I started my undergraduate in 2005, and um, I joined a photography club at that time. And, you know, I'd be doing my my studies during the day, and then I'd be hanging out at the photo club in the evening, and I was teaching workshops. Um, I started helping run the club pretty quickly, and uh ended up teaching workshops and stuff like that. And then by the end of my undergrad, I had like a part-time job. From photography, but it wasn't enough to be like, screw you, science, like, I'm gonna be a photographer now. Yeah, which it's like a terrifying concept, like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be like a quote unquote artist and insert all the you know stereotypes about starving artists and stuff like that. So it just didn't seem like a, a reasonable option. Um, and then yeah, I thought, well, what the heck, like, I'll do a master's degree. What's what's another two years? Like get another <laughs> couple letters after my name. So yeah, I started my master's in 2009. Officially started my business in 2010 as a photographer. It was actually my prof who was like, "Oh my, you should register your business. Like you're in Toronto all the time. You're shooting for magazines. Like you have, you know, equipment expenses and stuff like that. You could deduct all of that." I'm like, "What is what is what do you what mean? mean? <laughs> what do you mean taxes? Yes. Like, what, what is this thing that you're talking about?" <laughs> so anyways, I ended up biting the bullet, registering my business, and um. Yeah, by the end of my my master's degree I was doing so much photography. I mean, so much. I look back now my income was like piddly squat, but you know, it was like you were a skill, Exactly. Yeah. And I was very um I was in a very fortunate position to be able to grow my business while I was still in school and like not go into debt over it, like I was, you know, earning some money through um being a teaching assistant as well at that time. So I, I actually I think came out of my masters with some like money saved, so that was nice. But I still had a massive, like, student loan to take care of. Anyways, what I'm getting to was by the end of my master's degree, it was, like, photography or um, PhD yeah. or, like, maybe med school. Like, that might be an option. Um, yeah, and, and just the thought of, like, being in university any longer, I just could not fathom it. Mm-hmm. I did not want. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see what happens if I throw myself fully into my business, like if it's already going so well and my attention has been split and my energy has been split, then what happens if I actually focus on it full time? So that was, yeah, I finished my master's in December, 2011. And in January, 2012 was basically full time, like as a photographer hit the ground running and it's just been bananas ever since. Like it's been amazing. Every year is just better and better in so many ways. And Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, COVID
0: notwithstanding, but you know, yeah, yeah. that's affected everyone. And like that was the thing I think I bonded with you at first. Over is like we both had started business by accident. It was it was a hobby. Yeah, Um, we were doing well at it without even like trying. And it's like, okay, let's go full time and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Oops, I made a business. Yeah. Who said that? Oopsies! I put my whole heart into something and it worked. (laughs) 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 But I mean, like when you're passionate about something and I don't want to use the word perfectionism, but like you, you want pride in the skill that you're working on. And I think like, that's so key for business. Yeah, I
1: agree. Like, cause
0: yeah. when I do something, like I'm going to fucking go all in, like yeah. I'm not going to have to pass it, especially when you're working with other people, like there's yeah. a reputation there, there's relationships. Yeah. And I think we're also both like people pleasers to a certain extent. Right. I mean, like we've yes. had to,
1: we've had to hashtag guilty. Yeah. Recovering people pleaser, <laughs> recovering workaholics. Um, Yeah, so you know that works really well in business because it's like when I when I have a client when I meet a client, I don't want to just meet their expectations. I want to exceed them. You know, that's what keeps people coming back. So I think we've also we're like that and we're Mm -hmm. relationships driven too, where we want to like do good for others. So it helps drive business. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we met in December of 2017. Um, in a previous relationship you had, he was a client of ours. Um, and I remember. Joe was like, "Oh, you know, our client's gonna come over for dinner, and he's bringing his girlfriend." And usually, when it's like the wife or girlfriend's tagging along, I'm like, I, um, "I have a hard time connecting with women." Right, we talked uh, about those for a couple different reasons. One, uh, I'm very much an introvert. I kind of keep to myself. I've had issues with friends with girls in the past, and cattiness, and jealousy, and talking behind my back, and just scarred from issues right. like that. And then also. I don't want to talk about like the weather or what's happening in the world. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about growth stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, what are the awesome things you're doing, and not all the negativity and complaining. So it's really, and it's also hard for me to find a friend who I can meet on the same level, mm-hmm. and they're not a client, and they see me as someone above them, or you know, it's more like a one sided relationship. Right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I first met you, like I was super intimidated. Like I. <laughs> Like not
1: here's when I actually met you in person. No, I was like, oh, she's super chill, and, like, this is going to be great, but, like, I Googled you, you know, (laughs) I I found you on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's, like, an influencer, and she's always, she's so, like, beautiful, and, like, done up, and, oh, she's such a girly girl, are we going to have anything to talk? I know, but, like, you know, you're, like, you look so put together, and, like, you know, done up, and whatnot, and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I'm not
0: worthy, (laughs) So funny. Anyway, so you walked into my house, and, like, you started speaking, and was, it was almost like a stepbrother's moment, It's so, like, did we just become best friends? I yes, yes. <laughs>
1: did. we just become best friends? I remember, I think it was, like, the second time that I saw you, you, like, like, leapt into my arms and, like, did a little wiggle, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're the most BFF-y BFFs ever. <laughs> like, we yeah. just met. Like, what,
0: yeah. It's so um, funny. So I think it's so awesome when you can find someone who's on that same level. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I mean, you inspired me as well. Like you're a go getter, like your finances are like through the roof and like, you're so on track with that stuff. And I oh, think numbers. like, I know you love numbers and I, I think like we both bring different things to the relationship to right, right. so, like help amplify each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and also, I was really surprised that you had never done any personal development or like business coaching. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. Personal what? Like what am I developing though? Like am I hitting something new at the gym? Yeah. And I remember I was coaching your ex on like, um, email marketing and getting some automation going. And like we had lunch (laughs) one day and you're like, I implemented this all into my business and it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. He came home, told me about it and I'm like, Oh, this
1: sounds like something I should do for my business.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then you put like an email together and you send it out. You're like, I just got some business. Yeah. I'm like,
1: I just made some th- like $3,000 with one email. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: What happens? Yeah. yeah. So it was so cool to see you like pick up on all that stuff. And uh, like
1: through osmosis, cause you weren't coaching me. Like we weren't, and this was actually, I think before we had met, I think was the the email marketing bit. Yeah. It was some, yeah I believe it was actually before we met. So I just like kind of picked it up and like, Oh, this sounds like Yes. This sounds valuable. Yeah. I feel
0: like I could use this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the tipping point for you in terms of really understanding mindset circles of people and developing yourself was when we went down to San Diego together. Right. Craig Valentine's perfect life retreat. Yeah. Um, i would never been to anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. We had two free tickets and we were like, yeah, like, I you know. Emma and Matt have to come. And, uh, yeah, it was so cool just, like, seeing you in that room and, like, I was just, like, taking it all in. Yeah.
1: Because there were so many, like, there were so many self-made people who had created big things. And sometimes created big things failed and then created something else big. Like, right from scratch, you know? And, and you're surrounded by all these, like, really high-achieving people. And it made me realize that, like... You know, I'm not necessarily that different from these people. It's just that they figured out the systems. They're implementing the systems. They're implementing, you know, um, the framework and, and, and what they have to do to to grow. Um, and I'm not. And that's, that's, the, diff- that's the difference. What the shit. I need to think bigger. Like, I need to, to strategize. And actually, I realized actually at that point, too, because so much of it was about, like, goal setting and stuff like that, that I really didn't have any goals. Like, I was so focused on my you know everyday business stuff like do this photo shoot edit these photos send it off to a client get a testimonial and rinse and repeat that I I had no capacity for like thinking bigger and like dreaming you know so I was like what does a goal look like like I'm I mean don't get me wrong my one goal was like you know beat last year's income and that was going great (laughs) you know that was that was fine but like beyond that like where did I see my business I didn't I didn't know and like personal development as, as a, as a term was just completely new to me. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant or what it looked like or what it felt like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what you said there about like being in the room with people who are doing better than you. Um, and that's why like, I'm obsessed with events and masterminds and and coaching groups. And, you know, Joe and I are part of that stuff now, not so much for like, what's the strategy that we're going to learn, but more so just to be in the room with. The power of osmosis and increasing that belief in yourself because and and it's why I listen to podcasts. I listen to that stuff for the stories. Right. To realize that everybody starts somewhere, mm-hmm. every everyone has not had an easy journey. It success does not happen overnight. Um, there's going to be shit that happens. You need to learn to deal with that. Um, and just like that power to keep going, right? And yeah. that belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, um because be. we can look at social media or the highlight reel or the full success story without the really intricate details. And you don't understand what it really takes. So I think hearing people and seeing people and you're like, you're just like me, like you're no different. And you know, you grew up in in a modest family and you didn't, you weren't given the luxury of anything to get you to where you are today. You actually earned it and you sat down and did the work. And, like, that's the power of, like, events and podcasts and just developing yourself. It's,
1: it's so inspiring. And it helps you also, like, break the unlimiting beliefs about, like, money, for example. And that's, you know, this is something that I would have not even known, had the words to talk about, like, years ago. I've right. learned so much about, like, my relationship with money and a little, uh, microphone tipped over, Our like, my relationship with money and, like, my my beliefs about money and, and ne- like, not necessarily even negative beliefs, but just limiting beliefs mm. about money. Um... You know, like money doesn't buy you happiness, like money doesn't grow on trees, all of these, you know, sayings and stuff like that. And and, and so often we we associate money with like badness, like like, for example, we've been talking about Schitt's Creek, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, it's it's a funny show. I, I, I'm kind of surprised I got into it and whatnot, but it plays on the entire trope mm-hmm. of the entire stereotype of yeah. this family was very, very affluent, lost all of their money. And they were all kind of, like, assholes and, like, didn't really know, you know, how to relate to other people. Privileged, didn't have, you know, meaningful relationships, stuff like that. But when they lost all of that money, well, they found each other, and they found happiness, and they found, you know, meaning and and all this. So it plays on that trope. And it's very prevalent. It's, It's all around us, so... I think when we put ourselves in situations where we're rubbing shoulders and and getting to know people who are doing exceptionally well, and I do that, you know, with respect to my business and working with all kinds of people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, including like the very affluent, it's really cool to see, you know, how people got to where they are, Mm -hmm. how they got that $10 million home. And, you know, and they're just like, I've met so many lovely people. They're donating to charities and starting foundations. I'm like, wow, if I make more, I can do more, yes. like do more good. So that was really, I opening. I didn't even realize that I had
0: limiting beliefs about money until I was kind of thrust into these situations where I was like, yeah. Oh, I want to dig deeper on this topic with you. Cause you've come a long way with your money mindset. Um, so tell us about your background. Where were you born? I was born in Bosnia and,
1: um, my family immigrated to Canada in 1993 when the war started in the Balkans. So I was born in Sarajevo, which is Sarajevo, I pronounce it the English way, um, which uh, is where the war technically started, and, and in fact, it was almost, like, across the way from where we lived. And I remember as a kid, you know, I, I don't remember, we weren't there, like, to see anything bad, thankfully, um, but I remember, like, my dad telling me, like, don't go near the windows, and... It was like three, and I didn't understand why I couldn't go near the windows. He could go near the windows. Why couldn't I? And I was like, meh. But it was because people were shooting yeah. outside. And, you know, there was there was risk of being shot. So, anyways, my, my family moved from Bosnia to Serbia. And uh, we were there for about a year and then and applied for visas and, and got into Canada as landed immigrants. So, we moved in 1993. Um And, yeah, it was... You know, it was an interesting time because it was a tech boom. So my dad actually got a job immediately as a computer programmer, and we did quite well at first. But we also were in a completely new land, didn't know the language. Like, you know, we lived in this apartment. Oh, I have a funny story, actually. This is um, well-timed. We lived in this apartment when we moved to Canada, and it was like cockroaches and mice like it was mm. yes it, not like you know overrun but like yeah it they were present and it was just very like landed immigrant status you know <laughs> like what you'd picture we lived um and you know those those kind of apartment blocks where there's like plazas on the bottom and then there's like two yes. sets of windows like that was it we lived above a pizza pizza so we lived there from How 1990- good did that
0: smell? <laughs> <laughs> like the cockroaches kind of <laughs> negated <in> it. <laughs> That's why they were living there.
1: there. <laughs> oh my god! Once this mouse got caught in a mouse trap behind a TV, the TV, and we didn't notice until like the smell oh. started. So I don't remember the pizza. <laughs> you don't remember the pizza smell, but No. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, and and we, my parents, unbeknownst to me, were saving for a down payment for a house at that time. So we were like exceptionally frugal. Um, and they bought a house in 98 and, uh, in 2000, my dad stopped working due to mental health issues and it was just my mom working. And we went from having like a pretty great, like middle-class income to very little. Um, I think, I don't even remember how much it was, but I mean, I remember my mom sitting at the kitchen table and doing our finances and she was very, very open with me about it, even though I was like 12 years old. She was like, all right, Emma, like, this is what I'm making this month. She was salaried. This is what I'm making. These are our fixed expenses, our bills. We have X amount for food. And it was like 50 bucks or something, you know, obscenely low. We never went hungry. My mom, like, managed to make everything happen for us. Like, we played the sports. We went on field trips and stuff like that. But there wasn't, like, extra to go around, and we never went hungry. But, you know, that taught me that frugality, like, worked, Mm -hmm in a way, and it was absolutely necessary for us in order to, like, keep a roof over our heads, um, and with my mom's stringent bookkeeping, she managed to, like, finish their mortgage in, like, seven years, because she was just, like, don't want this debt, get rid of it, so, yeah, it taught me from a very young age that, you know, frugality was, like, the way to do it, but what it resulted in was, like, I'm not gonna heat, (laughs) like, why would I heat? Yeah. In winter, I'll just put on some extra layers, come here, cats, (laughs)
0: like, why? I make such good money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Just, um, ugh. yeah. So, I mean, like when we met, like you were making good money, you were saving good money, yeah, but was you were six figures at that point. Y- yeah, yeah. But you were not enjoying mm-hmm. that, um, you know, spending it on yourself and, you know, did you think that you even felt worthy of I would say okay. so.
1: Like I, I wouldn't say that I've ever really had self-worth issues. And I did travel a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, enjoy travel. That is something that I spent money on, but I found that, um, the reason I was so frugal was really fear-based and it took me a long time to actually connect why. So because my family went from having quite a good income when both of my parents were working. To not when it was just my mom working. working We went from like everything's great to holy shit. Like we are paycheck to paycheck, and I think it showed me and taught me and ingrained in me that things could change like very that. quickly. Yeah. And let's face it, they kind of have recently yeah. too, right? And even though I've like let go of that sort of extreme frugality, and I'm definitely like last year I've never spent that kind of money like. Yeah
0: it was nice to see you enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like
1: buy a new car, vroom, vroom, like, you know, V6, (laughs) mm -mm, here I come (laughs) upgrade, (laughs) you know, and, and and all that. And it was really nice. And quite frankly, it was the year to do it. Oh, one of my kitties has joined us over here. She wants cuddles. (laughs) Um, yeah, last year was a year to do it. And even though I'm not, you know, the frugal person that I was at that point, I am thankful that I've, you know, amassed the savings that I've, I've accumulated because when COVID happened and there was suddenly three months of shutdown, I was like, Oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And it didn't freak me out. And it past Emma would have been shitting her pants. Right. Even like, though you had the security. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, nope, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm fortunate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been night and day. Yeah. Um, you've also built out a team. Um yeah. you were like the one man show. Oh my gosh. Before. So, you know, I, your business kind of split up into two categories, weddings, um, and then there's the corporate side of things. So it's
1: three now. Um, yeah. So another way like, uh, that my money mindset really held me back with respect to business is I didn't want to spend money reinvesting into the business. And, and that's not to say that I wasn't like buying camera equipment and stuff like that. I absolutely have and have a ton of equipment. It was more so along the lines of, I didn't want to hire help. I want it. Like if I photograph this wedding and I edit it then I make all of that money, yeah. whereas if I outsource some of this work, well now I'm just making the profit margin. Right. And that seemed like unnecessary expense. Like why, why trust somebody else to do it
0: for me when I can do it myself? If you or want if it you done can, right. Yeah. Do it and if it you can do it yourself, why would you hire someone? Exactly. I was so in that position in my fitness business and it wasn't until the end that I hired an assistant, but I remember making my first 10 K month. I'm like money's a funny thing, right? Cause it comes and goes right. and you don't even realize like at the end of the month. You're like, Oh, that was 10,000. That was 10,000. Um, and I remember that was in 2015 and I remember that moment where I was like, I feel like I should feel different. Yeah,
1: I know. Right. right? You
0: don't, you don't. <laughs> or you make your first like six figures. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I thought there would be like yeah. a party
1: for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember our, our biggest month to date has been $70,000. Wow. But you know what, like I'm the, I'm, I'm the same, but different person. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't change who you are. It the, changes your thermometer, your thermostat. The, the money comes and goes, like in order to make that 70000 there are higher expenses. Sure. Like, and so I was like that in my fitness business. It was like, well, when I have enough money, then I'll maybe invest in the business. Right. Um, and also when you're not surrounded by a community of other business owners, you don't know where to invest first. Right. Like where do I even start? What's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have trust issues too. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, hire some like stranger and right. like, yeah. <laughs>
1: because you're, it's like you're handing them your baby. Yes. And you're like, well, here you go. Yeah. I hope you don't kill
0: it. And, <laughs> and us like the type A control freaks,
1: The responsible workaholic. <laughs>
0: the responsible workaholic.
1: We're process oriented. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So I so feel you on that. And it wasn't until I actually started investing in coaches and hearing other business people and, and learning like the leverage part. Um, and now, I mean, I'm at a point now where we have a couple of people helping with different things and I catch myself going, no, nope, I'm not doing this. And yeah. I'm still catching myself of like, I could do this, but why would I want yeah. to? That was a learning curve for me too. When I, when I first got my, my first assistant,
1: you know, I catch myself feeling overwhelmed. Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm like, wait a minute. I have somebody I can ask for help. Mm-hmm. And then I had to learn, how would it even like those pathways just like didn't exist in my brain. I've yeah. been so self-sufficient and self-reliant that it just like wouldn't even occur to me to like give this to my assistant to do. Yeah, <laughs> It would just hit me like, oh, duh, that's what I have an assistant now. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. But that was a game changer for me. And like even my first associate photographer, I was like, I was excited finally because I, I felt ready. I felt ready to do it. But at the same time, it was scary. And she's been amazing. Like I'm just wonderful. Like treats my clients like gold. Um, it's been phenomenal. It's been a great experience. And it actually got me to the point where I'm like, I want more assistant. Like, I want more associate photographers working for me. Yeah. Like ooh. Because your margin is. Yeah. So, yeah. So great on right. that. Exactly. I mean, you know, when you have this team before, if somebody came to me with an inquiry for a date where I was already booked, I would just say no. And that was that. Now it's like, here's a team of people that I trust. That you you know can choose from like who whose work do you like you yeah. know so it's been really neat because my my business grew substantially once I I began thinking in that capacity in that framework. I remember when you messaged us, you're like, "I had my first twenty thousand dollars month," right? <laughs> and I remember so in our mastermind, like I had, I wanted one twenty thousand dollars month in 2019, and I thought it would be September because it was already like quite booked with weddings. So I'm like wow, that would be really cool if it's September. But I wanted it so bad, you know? And then, like, you know, March rolls around. It's typically more quiet. I'm like, why is March $13,000? Like, what's happening right now? And then, like, June rolls around, and June was, like, twenty two dollars or something. I'm like, I thought this would happen in September. <laughs> so then it was, like, I think June and then August. No, July was around, I don't know, like fifteen. And then August was another... 20. And then I think September and October were both over 20. Like it was just, it was crazy. And when I was buying my new car, I remember sitting in the dealership and I almost started crying when they gave me the bill of sale because the car was like more than my mom would have earned in a full year of working her butt off at this, like at her place of work, this factory where she was a supervisor when I was a kid would have been a full year. And it was what I'd made in two months. Like, and I was just like, I can't believe, like, this is my life. And, yeah. you know, I just, I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. I, like, almost, like, started crying. And in fact, I think present Emma probably would have cried, but I, like, stuffed those emotions down.
0: I'm like, don't yeah. cry about <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's really interesting, um, comparing, you know, how we grew up and what our parents make and, right? like. I've made in a month more than what like my dad makes in a year. Right. Um. And I've had some interesting conversations with my parents, just allowing them to see like the reality of the business. Right. And I don't even think they know how to like take that. But right. it's cool. Like my mom and I get together all the time. Like I take her away for weekends and right. buy dinners and you buy know, her things. My mom to Calgary. And like, yeah. Oh. And the, she does not have that relationship with my sister. She's still very much helping my sister out, and mm-hmm. it feels good to be able to. Give right. back to the family. And, I know that and, felt. Yeah, uh, that's been like so wonderful. Like, no, mom,
1: I got this plane ticket. You gave fine. your parents your old car. Yes, I did. Yeah, 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 I did. I was like, you know what? This is still great. You guys don't have one. Here's this one if yeah. you want it. They didn't have a car. Yeah. It so it was. It was. It's been nice to be able to to do that. And actually, it just reminded me where I was going with that previous story about the apartment. Um, I I visited it like a few weeks ago. So I was photographing a wedding, and it was at this beautiful estate property in Mississauga. And as I was leaving, I realized like wait a minute, I know this intersection. I'm really close to where I used to live. So I pulled it up on the GPS and I went and I pulled up in front of it and I like could not believe the emotion that I had like just looking at my old bedroom. You know, and it just looks so similar, and all. And you know what? The memories were really happy there. Like it was like Mm -hmm. our new life. Like my brother and I had so many friends to play with, and you know, it was this like dingy apartment. But like the memories were so fantastic, and this was like where our lives started. And had my parents not, you know, had the courage to come to a new country where they didn't know the language, they didn't know whether we, like, live here permanently. Even like we thought we'd go back. You know, had they not had that courage and strength to move us, like I wouldn't be sitting in that dealership, looking at this bill of sale, being like, oh, no problem. Yeah. I can't believe, like, so I, I sat in that parking lot and I was like holding back tears. And then as I started leaving, I cried for the full hour home, like on the 401, I was just so overwhelmed with emotion, like gratitude. It was so nice. Yeah. yeah. It was a really interesting,
0: like reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we both moved to an because I chased money for so long. Um, it's like more money and, and you you think you're like, want to get to like an income level and you feel like you like made it and then you get there and you're like, Oh, oh. And I feel like I've blown so many goals out of the water that it's made me completely reframe why I do business right. and why I live life and, and sink more into how do I want to design my life right, and and making better. Cause it, for me, it's not about money. Right. I, I have surpassed way beyond any type of income I ever thought I would make. Um, and I've done it like 2019 was the year where I was like, I said to Joe, it was very stressful. Right. We got HQ. That was not a decision. It was a learning lesson for me. Right. Um. It was not a right decision. I'm yeah. glad we, you know, got out of there. Um. But just realizing, you know, okay, you can make just over $500,000, which I did in 2019, but I was fucking burnt <laughs> exhausted. out. Exhausted. I was exhausted. <laughs> I was stressed. I yeah. didn't have a life. Like it, it, made me realize like, uh, why am I doing this? And I even said to Joe, I'm like, I'll make a third of this and be more happy. I was like, I'll make $50,000 next year. And I will be happy as a clam if I can do it the way that I want to do it.
1: And interestingly, I think COVID has also taught us that, right? Because we had like a forced shutdown. So my income this year is not what it was last Mm -hmm. year. And honestly, have I, had I not done the work that I've done with respect to like money and mindset and, and whatnot, that would really freak me out because this is the first year in 10 years my income is less over the previous year, you know? And I think it's kind of interesting, you know, we look at what the universe is like trying to teach us, right? And when when I think about things that way, it just all makes sense. Yeah. So like 2019 was like, I'd never made more money. I'd never spent more money. So coming out of 2019, that actually gave me some anxiety because I was like, oh dang, like I could have saved a lot of this and I chose not to, Mm -hmm. but I never went into debt. You know, there was nothing like that. So it taught me that I could be more um, open with my, you know, spendings and stuff like that and still be okay. And then 2020 has now taught me that I can go back to being frugal to a certain extent and make all my ends meet, even if I'm legally not allowed to work for a quarter, (laughs) you know, and, and that it's okay. Like the pendulum can swing one way and another and, and to not feel like a failure Mm. for not reaching that income goal, even though the, you know circumstances are extenuating past Emma would have thought of this as a failure like oh I didn't beat my income from last year it's like yeah the government
0: literally told you that you can't work (laughs) yeah um this year's been really interesting you and I have been through a couple different experiences um and I think like we've learned to trust ourselves and if something doesn't go as planned, it's like okay. So what was the lesson, or why didn't that work out? Right. Or you're in a situation and it just doesn't feel good. It's like okay, hey, so how do I shift this so that I feel really good in this moment? So we went away to um, Nicaragua. Mm, in, so many good memories in January. Oh my God, take me back! Right
1: before shit hit the fan. <laughs> and then I joked
0: that we're just gonna run away together. Yeah, <laughs> like, cool, Nicaragua. Oh my God, please <laughs> eat tamarind. <laughs> Oh, but so that was January to 2020. We had a really rough January, both you and I. Oh my God. I was dead inside. We hit burnout so bad right after that Christmas and going into the new year of 2020. Um, and we were texting each other. We weren't even looking forward to that vacation. We were so burnt out. We were like, am I depressed? I think I'm depressed. And we were sending each other like depression symptoms. And like, yeah, that's what depression feels (laughs) like. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, but it but when we got to Nicaragua and I, I think it was just that breath of fresh air oh all responsibilities were taking off of us like instantly within like hours of that yeah. trip
1: yeah we became alive again. it was like from I remember feeling the shift from when we left the airport terminal and got into our cab yeah or like our driver like yeah you know, was putting the bags in the vehicle and I just looked up and there was blue sky and sunshine and then that feeling of me returning yes, came back. That's what it felt like. Like that January was
0: rough. Yeah. And it was dark. And, and you just, don't even realize that you lose yourself mm-hmm. and you realize there's something wrong. You're like, life isn't yeah. working out right. But like on paper you can be like, Hey, like things are good. Right. Like, you know, someone else in my situation might be very happy. Um, but when you get overloaded and burnt out and you're stressed and I was also operating in my business and life in, in, what I know now are not in alignment. Right. And so like when I found myself again and and you did, it allowed me to see how I want to feel every day and how I should feel and yeah. what life should feel like. Um, yeah. It was like getting, getting back
1: to that feeling. It was like, it was like a break from, well, it was a vacation from the current yes. state and like our current emotions yeah. and like a reminder of how we had felt before.
0: Yeah. 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 And so instantaneous too. Yeah. But I think like COVID, so Nicaragua allowed me to see ground myself back in myself, which to be honest, I lost myself for a couple of years. Um, and it didn't show on the outside and I didn't even know it at the time. Right. Um, but coming back from Nicaragua, I was right into like CFBS, like life like was full force again. Um, and then COVID was the second pause to be like, okay, how do I rewrite this script of what's happening moving forward? And it was almost just a blessing to be like, Do whatever you want now. Yeah, like exactly. Give your permission to stop. You have permission to stop. And I remember we went into like client maintenance mode um, when COVID hit, but there were two weeks where I wasn't thinking into the future. I wasn't planning anything else. I wasn't thinking about anything other than just the clients we had. And it brought me back to the state of Nicaragua. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. So it's the pause of life that I needed because it wasn't moving in the right
1: direction. It's funny that you say that because I had the exact same realization over the shutdown as well. Um, For me, so we went to Nicaragua. I came back. I had surgery four days after we Mm -hmm. came back. I had the septorhinoplasty. Um, So after that, I had two weeks where I wasn't working. So that took us into about mid February. Um, So from mid February to mid March, it's only four weeks. I, I, hit the ground running so hard in those four weeks because I, you know, back to back vacation surgery, whatever. Um, that I burnt out in four weeks. Yeah. So by the time quarantine started and the shutdown happened, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: like, oh my god. god. Like did the heaven just open and the
1: world just stop? <laughs> yeah. For me? That's like people are dying and I feel great. Like it was such a mixed like yeah. what is happening yeah. right now? Yeah. Um but that, like, forced shutdown, you know, I I realized a few big things. A, yeah, I was going way too hard, but not just with work, but also social engagements. Um, I'm very extroverted, and I love seeing friends. I'm, like, an introverted extrovert. Mm. Like, I, I love being with people, but I also really like my alone time. Um, but I, I would sometimes see, like, half a dozen people in a couple of days, like friends. and And I realized that I was always offering to go to them like, don't worry, I'll come to you. Don't worry, I'll come to you. And it's almost like this guilt of like being a burden, asking somebody to come to me. People pleaser. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Recovering. <laughs> yes. Recovering.
0: Now I ask people to come to me. You're, <laughs> you're... in my living room. Yeah, I'm in mean, your living room. <laughs> um, Actually, I love coming to Guelph. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I realized that I was overbooking myself with social stuff and I needed to give myself more downtime. And one of the reasons, one of the ways that I realized this was suddenly I couldn't even see friends and I was okay with it. Yeah. I was so tired. Like, why am I like weeks by myself? Like more or less, why yeah. am I okay with this? Like, what does that say about the pace of my life? Yeah. If I'm totally okay with this right now. So it was a
0: huge awakening. Yeah. Cause I think, and that's the thing like vacations will bring you alive again. Cause you get to pause, but we r- get back into the same habits. Like if you d- if you do not shift the habits coming back, your right. life will be right back in the same situation. And it was and it was. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. And sometimes, and I remember even saying in Nicaragua, like there were some conversations I wanted to have with Joe, but I was like, we had their business. It was going in a direction. Yeah. Like, how do I have this conversation with my fiance and my business partner of like I don't want to do X, Y, Z. Right. Um, and it's not like I was like hard in that decision, but it was like, I don't know if I want to bring up the conversation cause I don't know if I'm for sure about this. Right. But then when COVID hit, like I, I, I was like, I'm not going back to the way things are. And I was like, oh, we're getting rid of HQ. Like I initiated all that. And he was like, I am so on board. And that was the first time where I was just like, Oh, thank fucking God. <laughs> like and, and it was conversations that we weren't having with each other. Right. Um, cause it's almost like you don't want to give yourself the permission to admit that you were going the wrong, wrong direction right. or maybe you thought you were weak cause you just weren't failure. Failure. Yeah. yeah. Like the there's so much word. shit that goes on in our head. Right.
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because you know, like you're, you're public about all of that stuff. Right. So it's like, what are people going to think of me if we're suddenly yeah. getting rid of
0: this space? Do yeah. well, they think I'm a failure? Yeah. You yeah. know Well, they think that things didn't work out or yeah. whatever, but yeah. that it was the first time where like, and it was, we, so we secured so many like uh, coaching deals from CFBS, like the $100,000, like all that fell through when COVID hit. So right. we lost money. We lost our, we gave up our facility. Like basically we gave up everything and it was the best I'd ever felt Right. because I gave myself f- full permission to be like, yeah. this is not a failure because it's not fucking working for yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so many people, they, they know something's not working for them, but they won't even admit it to themselves. And they'll feel like the failure because of maybe the expectations that they had on themselves from other people's viewpoints. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's so interwoven, these yeah. ideas and these beliefs
1: and like, and then ultimately the decisions we make as a result of this like underlying framework of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember that CFBS though, that was
0: right on the cusp, right? Remember oh, like we didn't, we didn't even know if that was going to happen. Like yeah. three days later today. Like, oh, well, that's man. the other thing. Like my stress is high. All the news outlets are going crazy. You don't watch the news. Emails are coming in. Yeah. Like, is the event still going on? Like. There's forty thousand dollars into this yeah. event, and I'm yeah. like, I, I'm like, ah, what, what yeah. are we doing here?
1: It's yeah, everything changed like immediately thereafter too. I was in Detroit, I think the the few days prior to CFBS, I was in Detroit and um, at a concert, and I was blissfully unaware of what was happening because mm-hmm. I don't watch the news. I like might read some you know articles on like Google News or whatever, but I I stopped watching the news a long time ago because it's just like fear mongering. Like, I don't, I don't need to know who yeah. got stabbed in Toronto today. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not, help, doesn't help my life in any no. capacity. It's terrible, but I don't need to know about mm. it. Um, so I, I was kind of like unaware of what was going on. I'd heard like, you know, pandemic, pandemic, whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's just the flu, whatever. And I was not paying attention to how much shit was hitting the fan globally. And went to this concert, and my friends are messaging me like, "Emma, stay safe, like, be like, don't get the coronavirus." I'm like, "What are you talking, talking about?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> came back from that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay, there's yeah. something actually happening." Or, yeah. uh, anyways, it's just it's such a
0: weird and so I think like, like time we've both life has not gone back to the way it was. Mm, thank goodness. So, what have been some Maybe red flags for you, or some things that you talk yourself through if you see yourself moving into old patterns. Um, Well, so because because the, the world opened back up,
1: yeah, and so that was the decision was, as to like, yes, act, I was allowed to work as a stage two. So yeah, I've been working since mid June again. You know, um, for me, red flags. Oh goodness, so uh, you and I know this feeling well. The go 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 rush, the adrenaline the, high, the masculine energy, oh, the, <laughs> the adrenaline <laughs> of yeah. like I gotta do. Forty thousand things today, and I'm gonna do them all, and they're gonna be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna be amazing doing them all. Yeah,
0: (laughs) people are gonna (laughs) love me. I'm gonna (laughs) succeed. So I can't even. Sarah's wiping away tears. (laughs)
1: Um, so that like go 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 rush, that energy, just that state of being, was my every day. You know. And, like, meanwhile, I'm developing, like, thyroid issues, and I'm, like, exhausted all the time, and I'm burning out every three months, you know, or one month in that final case. But um, I realized that, you know, for the longest time, I kind of told myself, oh, I'm addicted to the go-go-go. Yeah. Like, I just, I love that rush. I love that feeling of, like, you know, getting everything done and and doing well at it and, and whatnot. But I realized during the shutdown, suddenly that feeling went away completely. And it just blew my mind that I could exist in the state without this feeling and be okay with it. So I ended up, um, going, like spending a lot of time outside by myself and like walking around and like, I'd taken that birding course, remember? So I took this birding course <laughs> and I was outside with my like binoculars in March, like looking for birds and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so one of the things that I realized just by, you know, not seeing friends and spending so much time by myself was that I needed more time by myself yeah. because that go, go, go feeling I hadn't felt in like, what, three months at that point. I was like, shit, I need to make some big changes because I don't think I want to go back to that. Like, I, I don't, I think I'm okay with this, you know, relaxation. So I started implementing like no client days. I was like, okay, what am I going to do once I'm able to work again so that I don't, you know, work myself into the ground responsibly, but you know, <laughs> um, a responsible workaholic. <laughs> so I, I finally implemented no client days where I don't have any photo shoots. Like today is one of those days. I have four shoots tomorrow, but none today. Um, and I've stuck to it. So before I, I tried this years ago, but you know, ultimately somebody, a potential client comes around, they're like, I can only do Monday. And it's like, that's my no client day. But I would, I would give in. Cause I wanted the work, you know, so I'd always compromise and put myself last, put my, my own time and my own space last. So I've actually stuck with that and that's been like a massive, massive game changer for me. Because now I might have like busy days, but I don't feel unbalanced. I don't feel that go, go, go rush. If I do feel it, it now feels wrong.
0: Yes. Yes. That's such a great way to explain that. Yeah. It
1: feels like <gasps> something's wrong. Yeah. Like, oh goodness. And I felt it a few days ago because I had like a lot of stuff come at me all at once. Um, positive stuff, but still just a lot of like, you know, bits and pieces here and there and, and clients and whatnot. Um, and I was like, Oh, there it is. Like, there's that feeling again. Wow. I can't believe that I used to operate with this in the background every day. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't go, go, go. It was just anxiety. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just anxiety. Yeah. It wasn't anything positive, Yeah. but, um, I'd spun it into something positive, you know, it's very strange, but yeah, I, I recognized that I had that feeling and then I went like for an hour long walk with a friend of mine, like out by the river and I felt totally fine afterwards and it hasn't come back. So you know, my knee-jerk reaction as a responsible workaholic when I feel like that is to cancel all social engagements and just work. Get the stuff yeah. that's on my mind done, and then... Then ah, now you can enjoy your now you can Now you've earned your relaxation. Yeah. You know? So, I didn't do that. I was like, nope, following through with these social engagements today, and everything is fine. Yeah. I feel great. And yeah. work is getting done.
0: So... And that's, that's the power of awareness, right? To realize how you feel in different states and the different things coming at you as to how they make you feel. And so many people are just, and I've been there where you're just like full speed ahead, not even listening to your body. Yeah. Not even listening no, until... because you're
1: focusing on everything else yeah. but yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, we went, I went into rebuilding the business, um, in April in full alignment. Like I created two courses, loved it, did three launches. You know, I helped three hundred and forty people bring themselves into the online space through COVID and, and into the summer. Um but I had felt myself getting addicted to the adrenaline again. No. And it was in my um my launch in August for yeah. School of Influence. Um, I felt cause I was doing a bunch of home projects. I was, I was doing too much. Right. So like I thought I was doing more of life, but I was doing too much. Um, and I still wasn't okay with just like, the downtime. Right. I'm like, well, what am I going to well, do? I could be achieving something right I could now. Be doing something, Yeah. I could be accumulating resources. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then it's when I got sick in September there, like yeah. everything came crashing down and that was the first time where I allowed myself to like be sick for 6 weeks. Right. And like move clients around and put more on jokes. I'm usually the one where I'll just take on, right? More. I'll make his life easier. Um and not that I don't do that now, but um I wasn't vocal enough as to what I needed. Right. Um, We're used to being self-sufficient, self-reliant. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, and it's, it's learning to ask for help. Like even, um, in my like new relationship, like learning how to ask for help for the little things, babe, can you grab these groceries for dinner tonight? Like I didn't know how to do that, Mm. you know? And just, yeah, no problem. Like, wow, it was that easy. Yeah. (laughs) Like I didn't know. I didn't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No idea. But here's the cool thing: like your life can be exactly as you want it if you know how you want to feel, um, and if you could be truly intentional about how the, the life you want to design and ask for what you want. Right. Yeah. And make sure you follow through with those habits. Exactly. Like you, you, you make the rules. You
1: make the rules. ultimately, and that's, you know, that's something with with business that I've always kind of thought about. It's like I this is my business; I can structure it however I want. But I was still putting myself last and choosing to do so because. You know, I, I value hard work. Like I put it up on a pedestal in so many ways, but at my own expense and at my own sacrifice in a way. And, you know, we're, we're both very, um, like high achieving people. So when it becomes part of your identity too, it's hard to be like,
0: I'm just going to sit on the couch today and watch some Netflix. (laughs) Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've realized I used to be addicted to the achievement, um, but for me now, it's, am I growing and achieving in the right direction? Right. Um, we've had many texting back and forth lately of like, hey, how's your week? And it's like, it's busy, but things are good. Like, yeah. I feel good. Like, things feel balanced. Yeah, um, Exactly. And we usually don't have those conversations. No, we don't. Like, oh, dude, fuck. I'm so <laughs> I'm exhausted right now. I need a vacation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it's been surprising to me because, you know, I've been, I have literally never had more photo shoots in my entire life and i don't know if that's because my business has just grown in general as it tends to do year over year but perhaps it's because you know there's some deferred shoots that would have happened in the spring and people are finally getting around to it now but my volume of photo shoots even though most of my weddings have been rescheduled to next year my volume of photo shoots is next level and i've i've never earned more money from just photo shoots either so it's just been a lot and yet I'm going out, taking walks, hiking, like going rock climbing, hitting the gym regularly. I started soccer, like I'm, you know, doing stuff for myself. And I'm also like waking up earlier. Now I have like these slow, lazy mornings where I'm like, make some tea, like cuddle with the cats, like play a game on my phone, you know, and just like ease into my days now. That never used to happen. I'd be like awake an hour before I had to be wherever, yeah. and like
0: get ready and yeah. run out the door. There was no me time. It's completely It's reframing and reprioritizing your life. Exactly, and it's crazy. You can still get just as much done, and you actually feel better in your achievement yeah. and growth. I think process. I'm getting more done. More, yeah. But yeah, my time is just
1: better spent. And mm-hmm. like, there's just so much more of it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. We found like the, you know, the fountain of youth, <laughs> the fountain of life.
0: Yeah, We, we found the secret of, to life people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't work as much, but still work a lot. <laughs> no, but it's like, I used to think like once I get here, whatever that is, whether that is like number of clients, level of income, living somewhere, then I'll enjoy my life. Right. And I realized how much I was delaying joy. Yeah. No fun zone. Mm-mm. <laughs> and I am called no fun zone in our house. It's, it's hilarious. Cause I'm always just so serious and I'm one jack mine and in such a hurry to get somewhere. But where am I going and not even enjoying the present? Moment? Right. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. Cause yeah, financial goals. I
1: remember when I first, I really wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, and I got close this one year, but not quite a few thousand off. And then the following year I made it. And like, did I really stop to like acknowledge and I'm like, no, onto the next goal yeah. or next year. And I'm like, yeah, like it was like okay I made it now what like uh, no fanfare like no I did not give myself time to really like appreciate what I'd done or built or like celebrate in any way it was just like well on to the next goal crush this one woo but yeah it was even like becoming an adult you know like have have we become adults yet like it's, I would
0: I thought there would be a feeling it's It was so funny I was um I was thinking the other day about, you know, the saying, like, you know, I don't want to grow up, you know, I want to be a Toys R kid or whatever. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, you think back to being a kid and you're like, oh, why did I grow up? But I feel like when you finally grow up, it's taking responsibility for all areas of your life. Right. And when you don't step into that, that's when life is still so chaotic right. for you. Yeah. Um, and, and being responsible in the right areas. Right. Where, like, I was responsible, but it just was focused in the wrong areas. Right. I'm just too much on one area. Too much on one area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only area. Yeah. 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 Because also, like, as a business owner, like, and you probably know this too, like, I quit hygiene, and, and the whole narrative for my mom was like, this isn't secure and like you have nothing to fall back on. So it's like, I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. I got to work to yeah. stay secure. And I always felt like I was chasing, um, just more, but I didn't know like why.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, our parents like granted are of a different generation, yes. you know, and, and it was a time where you could, do a degree after you left school, find your forever job, have your pension and benefits and you stay in that job, whether you love it or hate it for the rest of your life. Like just me in the head. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, you know, it was just, that's just what you did. That was secure. And like, if you had a government job, you made it, you made it. Yeah. mm, Those government checks. Yeah. But yeah, so, our generation is very different, you know. Even now, in in those sort of standard jobs, you'd be lucky to find a pension and benefits. Everything is contract based, so like people, you know, companies don't don't have to have lower expenses. They don't have to pay yeah. out pension benefits and whatnot. Um, so as a result, there's a lot less draw to those lines of work because it doesn't offer what it once did. And now, couple that with the fact that we're living in this like age of social media and just interconnectedness, where if you want your message to reach the you know other end of the globe, you can do that. Yeah. You just have to do it right, but I mean you can do yeah. that, you know? So people are a lot more inclined now to like give that side hustle a shot because it's so much easier to market yourself. Like I began my business by accident because I was posting photos that I was taking on Facebook. Me too. And yeah. people were like, how much do you charge? And I wasn't using it intentionally like the marketing tool that it is now. Yeah. But that's how it happened mm-hmm. and you know our parents were are oblivious to that yes. or were oblivious that's what to my that. parents didn't
0: understand they're like you're doing what <laughs> yeah what's his
1: facebook thing <laughs> yeah. yeah how are you making money yeah so i remember like when i when i was first finishing up my masters when i decided okay i'm going to give this a shot full time my dad was on social media it's very tech savvy you know it's a computer programmer so it was within his realm. Whereas my mom was not, she is now just got her on Instagram too, by the way. Very exciting. <laughs> She's posting stories. She's got a great garden though. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's been loving sharing that stuff on, on Facebook and, and whatnot. But anyway, so when I told my parents, like, I think I'm going to pursue photography like full time and see what happens. My dad was really like happy and cause he saw how much work I was doing. Cause I was constantly posting like magazine stuff and whatnot but my mom was like, are you going to be a starving artist? <laughs> like, she was worried for me. Like she didn't know yeah. the opportunity that was out there. And like, granted, like where we're from, I don't think you just by yourself could make a decent income with a camera, you know, in a good old Bosnia. Yeah. So they were like, my mom was unaware. And that's when I realized, like, it was my responsibility to like keep her in the loop so that she knew how well I was doing. Like I come visit like, Oh, how's it going? And instead of being like, Oh, things are great. It's like, great. I did this, this and that like, Hey, I made this much money this month. Like things are going well, blah, blah, blah. So
0: yeah, it's it's, back to like programming. Yeah. Which that's a whole other conversation, but like how they were raised versus how you were raised. And I even think about Joe's kids now seeing us and like, you know, the freedom we have and we let them in on the business and what's going on. And it's interesting to see just the different generations and, Right. What's instilled. And maybe what we're doing now is going to be like completely outdated and obsolete for them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) and It might, it might as well be right. Maybe. Um, but interestingly, like they're because like, you know, their parental figures are in these unconventional lines of work. It does kind of, I think, give them the opportunity to think like, what could that look like for them?
0: Options. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: my, you know, my, my script that I was following for so long was I was an excellent student. I got straight A's like nineties and, much all of my classes except for calculus (laughs) ah forever the bane of my existence um but yeah so you know the straight a student got some scholarships and like what do you do if you're getting 90s like you don't just like go do and go to the trades like I was like well I guess I need to go to university because that's what the script dictates that I do so I'm like well what do I choose and that was also hard because it was like I was good at most subjects minus calculus, new math wasn't my future, that was fine, um, but I was, like, psychology, uh, like, science, uh, so it was, like, kind of, I guess I'll go into biochemistry, that sounds interesting, and, like, it'll forever be changing, and I'll learn constantly, but ultimately what that meant was that I was stuck in a lab, and I I did switch out of biochem into molecular bio, but, like, stuck in a lab, like, performing experiments, like, shoot me, that's not, that's not the life for me, I could be doing that right now, Sarah, I know. Imagine. (sighs) Ten years of
0: that would have been at this point. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, for me, it causes me more pain to stay where I'm at than to move forward. And I've always been that way. Like, I've left relationships that were, they were good relationships. Like, you know, I was engaged to this guy named Tom. He loved me. He would have been a great husband, but it, I don't want to say it wasn't enough, but it just wasn't the right match. It wasn't yeah. the right match. Like, it didn't feel right. And I'm such a feeling-based person. And even when I got into hygiene, it wasn't even a year into that. And I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. <Oops. laughs> Do this the rest of my life for 30 years? Damn. Yeah, like stare at people's teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's, like, it's interesting, like, when you're a kid and you're growing up, I always had, like, an ideal of, like, what life was supposed to be like or what it was going to feel like. And I never... Thought Like, rich people to me were, like, doctors, dentists, and lawyers. Right. Like, those were, like, the rich people. And I knew that was not on my radar, but, like, I had a feeling of life. And I remember getting into hygiene and getting into what successful life was. And I was, like, wait a minute. Is this all <laughs> wait <rest>? a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought this was going to be differently. Yeah, and And now just, like, following that feeling of, like, when something doesn't feel differently and just, like, trying things and failing. And, like, right. you have to be willing to move forward if something doesn't feel right for you or else... That that calling is just gonna get louder. Yeah,
1: yeah, it absolutely will. Yeah, you've had such an interesting journey. It's funny. I think that's another little parallel in our lives is that we started in something completely different. Yeah, I love asking my clients like, so how did you get to what you're doing now? Yeah. Especially if they're in something like really obscure and yeah. niche. Yeah, like how they're like, oh, I went to a school for something completely different. I'm like, tell me
0: more. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what's your story? But I found like when I am passionate about something, like I'm all in and that's why like i've shifted business and business models all the time and i'm not afraid i used to be afraid to change cuz i didn't know what that looked like on the other side but i'm never afraid to do it now because if something isn't working for me, I know there's something better or I'm evolving or like my passion is evolving and I've learned to trust. Like I know how to sell and market myself and whatever I'm going to go into, I give it my all. So I'm going to be good at it. Yeah, And I just trust that process. I think you've also reinvented yourself like a few times over since you started
1: your, your business. So you've, you've grown the confidence by virtue of doing it a few times that now you have the confidence. It's like, okay, if I want to pivot, I can make that happen. I have the tools. Yeah. I know what I need to do in order to do that. Yeah. 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 Like to me, pivoting, that's, that's like a foreign concept to me. Cause I've been doing the same thing more or less for, right. many, I've been growing yeah. for sure. But I haven't like completely pivoted into yeah. a, a different. Oh yeah. Going
0: into business coaching was, it was rough. It's hard. Like when yeah. you want to do something, but it's like, ah, this is my safety net and all yeah. that I know. And yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. That's scary to me. But because it's kind of like, you you know, you're, you, you were doing photography, you were making money, like you weren't intentional about it. It just happened. you're like, okay, there's some revenue there. I can make this happen. Right. That was my fitness business too. But then knowing I had a thriving fitness business and I didn't want to do that anymore and I didn't have anything else going. Right. Like it was scary. That's terrifying. It was terrifying. Was
1: it like this? Did you, did you feel like this? I want to describe it like a, like a foggy cloud of like, when you look towards the future and you're like, I don't know what it looks like. Totally.
0: Because for me, I love kind of having an idea. Definitely. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And because like I knew how to run a business and, and I knew what success was for me, um, but I had never... I didn't, I didn't know if that would translate to other people. Mm-hmm, and so exactly. like with fitness business, like there's so many concepts of like losing fat and gaining or losing fat and gaining muscle that I could transfer that easily to clients. Right. right. Whereas business coaching, like there are so many different facets that, yeah, it was a whole, it was the worst and best thing. It forced me to grow really fast. It forced me to move through resistance. Um, and now, you know, Joe and I are slightly pivoting again and I'm excited for this and yeah. I trust myself. And I just, I know that it's, definitely the way that we need to go. The right, the right
1: thing to do. Yeah. We've like, it's been so nice. You know, I've, I've thought about this a lot and how like you and a few other like key people have come into my life over the last couple of years. And you know, I, I suddenly feel like I have this group of like women that I'm like growing with. And Mm -hmm. we're just like, We, you know, we serve to like kind of lift each other up and like inspire one another and and grow together. Like it feels like I'm not doing it alone and we can, whenever we get together, we're not talking about like, oh my God, I got my nails done. like, did you see what's on sale at Costco? You want to go shopping? You want to go shopping? No, I hate shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's always like these great conversations. and like, yeah, we get excited about like what we want to do and yeah. Oh, I love I it. Know. We're so
0: like in tune. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you can talk about it from all different angles. Whereas I think before I wasn't secure enough in myself and I thought I had to be perfect and I had to have it all together. Um, but even like with our mastermind, like a clients, like letting clients know like different uh, struggles that we're going right. through and just having a collective conversation about, life right and like like it's not gonna go perfect and there's gonna be ups there's gonna be downs and i think like our mastermind really came together with covid oh, yeah. because we were all in a shit show oh yeah right like so we're like hey we're all in this like mud let's just like trek through it together
1: i remember that first one of the quarter We're like all right like or or the last one of the last quarter i don't remember but it was like okay like let's set no it was the first one let's set our goals yeah For 2020. Yeah. You know, we led the 50 goals. I wrote them out. I pinned them up. COVID happened. We're like, fuck. (laughs) Like, everything we did was like, well, now we got to do something completely different. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, those of you who did brick and mortar, it's like, you know, are we going to get out? And what are we going to do? Are we going to do something online? And yeah, I think... It's, it's so good to have that community that you can rely on. Um, cause yeah, it might, I felt so alone in business for so long Me too. I didn't, I didn't know whether yeah. I was succeeding or failing.
1: Right. There's <laughs> yeah. like the money is coming. I in, think so I'm doing I think okay. This a success. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. 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 It's true. I mean, having that community is just so important, right? At the end of the day, I mean, you can go it alone, but sure. You don't, you don't get as far. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: I feel like we could sit here and talk all day. We could. Yeah, we, we totally could. could. Yeah. It's the twenty four hour Emma and Sarah tea time. Tea time. time with Emma. With Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. I love oh, it. So, you know, to wrap up, first let everybody know where they can find you. Um, like if oh anybody's no, looking Sarah. for like branding photos, like you're all like if you look at any of my professional photos for the past two and a half years, that is Emma. Like, hey. so you. It's me. Yeah. Like, I have, I have a lot of, uh,
1: Instagram handles, but I'll just, I'll give my personal one since that's the mm-hmm. hub to like all my other ones. There's links to my other ones. So my personal Instagram is obviously the ampersand <laughs> at EMA underscore S-U-B A J A C. So it's pronounced Suvayats, but I call you Suvajack. 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 <laughs> it's fine. Emma Suvajack. Jack. <laughs> Yeah, so find me on there. There's links
0: cool. to all my other everything. We'll leave there. the links in the show notes as well. Cool. So this is the Fulfillment Project podcast. What does fulfillment mean to you? Oh, my goodness. Now it means so much more than it ever mm-hmm. used to, right? Mm-hmm. Juicy, juicy. Yeah.
1: Juicy, juicy. Fulfillment to me now means balance more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I for me, fulfillment used to be really solely just business-related in, in so many ways. Like, that's what really kept me fueled if you will but I was so superficial and also I realized I was operating for some from so much like fear-based mindset with respect to like how I was running my business that it really wasn't fulfilling in that way creating was fulfilling that's always been fulfilling for me but also now I'm stepping into like who I need to be as a person who I want to be as a person that's been massively like uh important to me the last couple of years I feel like I finally Gotten to know who I am on a completely different level, so yeah, fulfillment is just so many things that's a big question. Yeah, thank you so much, darling.
0: Love you, love you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You freaking rock! I love our community. I would love for you to join me over on Instagram, it is my favorite platform to hang out in. And if we're not connected, just find me sarah.fennel. And I would also love for you to take a screenshot of this episode that you're listening to here today and throw it in your stories, tag me, let me know what resonated with you the most. It helps me create more content for you moving forward. And always remember that we are in this together.